Local businesses deserve local decision making. And that's why Oconee State Bank is proud to announce that Philip Edwards and Chad Thomason will be leading the loan production office for the athens Clark County area. With strong market knowledge and accelerated decision making, Chad and Philip can help area business owners, entrepreneurs, developers, doctors, and others move quickly to respond to opportunities. Let your business experience remarkable this year with Oconee State Bank, OconeeStateBank.com, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Beyond the Cupola. Presented by Oconee State Bank. At Oconee State Bank, experience remarkable. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Beyond the Cupola, brought to you by Oconee State Bank. We're broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I'm Mike Salmon, and we have a very special guest today. We talk about experiencing remarkable and sharing some stories, and uh, I think we're going to blow everybody away today with our story. Uh, Laura Whitaker is with us. She's the executive director with ESP, and that stands for Extra Special People, and uh, with your permission, Laura, I want to kind of give a little bit of a background about the organization and the great work you do, and then we'll talk about that and expand on it. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming in today. Did you find you found the place okay? Found it okay, and it's beautiful. It is. That's why I call it the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Um, ESP stands for Extra Special People. It's the legacy of a woman who had a passion for children and young people with special needs and a vision of a place where they and their families could focus on their abilities instead of their disabilities. Martha Wiley. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's right. Uh, Martha founded ESP in 1986, offering high-quality, affordable programs for people with different abilities. 21 children enrolled in that first summer camp, and by the time she passed away, unfortunately, in 2004, ESP was serving 130 campers with a budget of $150,000, That uh, and it had also acquired a small facility where children could be served on site. Now, the year following Martha's passing, ESP summer camp was in danger of being eliminated because of a lack of funding. And that's when you, Laura, a young camp counselor at the time, heard of this. You pulled together the families and made a call to the community to uh, save the camp by raising $50,000 in just a matter of months. The founder's family appointed Laura as the new executive director in January of 2006. Since becoming the executive director, Laura has led ESP to expanded programming, and the organization now serves more young people than ever before. Uh, you all run weekend and after-school programs, family support programs, and events in addition to the summer camp. After a five-year capital campaign, ESP opened the doors on a 14,000-square-foot facility in Watkinsville in June of 2016, Every day, ESP continues to provide a safe place that individuals with disabilities can call their own. Um, through the magic that ESP creates uh, for kids, uh, kids, young adults, families, volunteers, donors, and staff are all uh, changed. And I'll tell you, as a sports fan, it's hard not to say ESPN. I'm sure you get that a lot. We get that a lot, particularly from the males. But, um, <laughs> yes. yes, we do get e And it's okay. We're all right with ESP, ESPN. It's a positive association one way or the other. All right. This this is, a, is an amazing story. And, and what you have done is amazing, or as we like to say here, remarkable. Uh, brought to you by Oconee State Bank. And let's expand on this a little bit. Tell me now, in your words, what ESP is, is all about and what you do. 
Yeah, there's a there's a lot to unpack here, but um, essentially, you know, we say that we are not a service; we are a way of life. Um, we have families moving from all over the state of Georgia to Watkinsville to Oconee County uh, just for ESP. They are moving jobs, they are moving school systems to come to the community of ESP. So, we have after school programs where kids in wheelchairs have the opportunity to be ballerinas. We have uh, art programs and sports, uh, so that every Every kid of every ability has the opportunity to live life to the fullest. We have weekend programs. We've got summer camps going on. We have family support where we give counseling to families so they can continue supporting their children with autism year round. Um, so it's a community. It's a way of life for the individuals that we serve. And we're serving a little over 350 families a year from 30 counties in uh, the Northeast Georgia area. So around 2005, this, this wonderful camp and program that's been going on now for, for over a decade was in danger of, of, of not existing anymore because of lack of funding after the founder passed away. Like a lot of folks probably, they, you know, you, it was sad to see it go, but, but you didn't just move on. You said, no, I, I want to save this. Tell me what was going on back then. Yeah, so I was a student, a sophomore um, at the University of Georgia, came from Atlanta, um, and, you know, volunteering was a way of life for my family. And so when I came to UGA, I said, I want to find something to volunteer at. No one really knew what ESP was. Um, in fact, people would say, ESP is that extra sensory perception. Right. Um, and that was kind of the joke at that point in time. And, um, you know, I heard about it from a friend of mine, started volunteering and really was captivated by this magic that we call the ESP magic, where kids are not judged by their disability, rather they're celebrated for their ability. And um, started volunteering. At the time, we just had six weeks of day camp and then one program a month. So there was no after-school program. There was no year-round programs. And so um, I, was, I was absolutely captivated, as I mentioned, by this remarkable organization. Got to know the founder, Martha, really well. We connected, and she put me on the leadership team that next summer, and that's when she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So it was, it was a huge hit for all of us. Um, this is a place that we really learned to find ourselves as young adults and um, found a passion and a love for people with disabilities. And um, so honestly, I, I did what every stupid 19 year old would do. I said, yes. I mean, I thought, I thought as a 19 year old that I could do anything. And I think most 19 year olds think that as well. Um, so that kind of worked in my favor. Yes. That's the great thing of when we're young, we're not as cynical and we believe that the, the world is at our fingertips and we can do anything. That's but, right. but looking back now and you realize how daunting it is to raise all this money, but you just went for it. Absolutely. You know, I, for me, I really feel like it was a calling. And, you know, sometimes I say sometimes you choose your job and other times it chooses you. And in my case, I definitely feel like it chose me. Um, I, you know, I did what everybody else would have done. I went to everyone in our community and told them about this, what they called the hidden gem of Oconee County. And I said, we don't, we shouldn't be hidden. Um, people need to know about us. And so we went to every radio station. We went to every newspaper and said, hey, we are about to close our doors. Support us. And so, yeah, we raised that $50,000 in a matter of months. Um, I had to hire 30 camp counselors that were my age or older than me, um, figure out how to run a camp <laughs> program. And all the while, I'm taking finals at the University of Georgia. So when I look back on it, absolutely, if I would have known the obstacles and the challenges and the naysayers and the um, just the pits that I would have that I would had to have gone through, I would have said no way. Right. 
And no I think way. that's the great thing. If you were a 45 year old adult, you would have said, no, too much work. But again, you, you don't know when you're 19. That's right. And it worked in our benefit for sure. You don't know what you don't know. And so we went for it. And having that, um, that ignorant confidence, I think, really worked in our benefit um, back then. Talk about the types of children and families that you serve. The word disabilities is a very broad term. So what specifically are, are the kinds of uh, families, uh, what kind of children would we see if we visited the camp? Absolutely. So if you were to stand at the doors this afternoon at 3.45 p.m., you would see um, about 100 college students. So we have 175 college students who come from UGA to volunteer to run our after-school program. So you'd see about 100 college students. This is every day? Every day. And you would see um, kids rolling up either in buses or cars or babysitters who are dropping them off. And you would, you would see individuals with Down syndrome. You would see individuals with autism. You would see several individuals in wheelchairs with cerebral palsy. Um, but you would also see high-functioning um, individuals. And what's neat about ESP is that even if you have a high-functioning functioning intellectual disability, you come in and you're a leader at ESP. So at school, you may be the last kid to finish something, or you may be the kid that's always getting in trouble. But at ESP, you're passing out the snack and you're leading the talent show. And so what's neat is there's kind of this balance of you're not quite sure who has the disability and who doesn't. Oftentimes, it's not super visible. And um, that's what's beautiful is those kids' confidence shoots through the roof, and then they're able to really be more successful in the school setting. I think after working with the kids back when you were 18, 19 years old, still going to school at UGA, and realizing, okay, the, the funds have dried up and, and the program's in jeopardy of, of falling apart, there was no other option other than to move forward, and we've got to save this. I mean, I don't think it, there, you, you even thought of any other existence. No, that's exactly right. There was no other choice. And um, Martha had be built this beautiful, beautiful thing, and I think people saw it as hers, and those of us that were involved saw it as ours. And we really stepped up to the plate to, to carry on that tradition. And to be honest, it was those families, and it was those parents, and it was those kids that had nowhere else to go during the summer. Um, so, yeah, I, I very quickly kind of I, – I was given five Post-it notes, and it had, like, the local police officer's name, and um, it had the three board members who were on the board at the time's name. And um, so I started making phone calls, and I'll never forget, I, I contacted five people in the area that I thought were successful nonprofit leaders. And um, guess how many emailed me back? None. So I decided to go to the for-profit world and went to the college, um, Terry College of Business. We went through a program, a local entrepreneurship program. And so alongside me, I built a business or ESP alongside people who were building businesses like Your Pie, Drew French from Your Pie, who's the founder. He was building his business at the same time that I was building ESP or rebuilding ESP. So that's really where I learned about marketing. That's where I learned about finance. That's where I learned about HR. And honestly, I look back 10 years later, 12 years later, and I'm so thankful for that because the business world really taught me a different layer and a different view of what nonprofit could be because we are businesses right. and we are contributing to the economy. So we should run like a business. And so that really worked in my benefit. Um, but at the time, I didn't see it as that. That's for sure. How are you raising the funds t even today to, to keep it going? That's a great question. So we run on about a million dollars a year. 
Uh, we have 10 full-time staff, and like we mentioned, we are open every single day. Um, about 25% of that comes from either program payments or some type of fees that families get to pay for our services. So the rest of the 75% we have to raise. Um, we do that through corporate partnerships. So our corporate partners are very, very engaged in ESP. These are people not, these are companies not just writing a check. They are in and out of our doors, um, increasing their own culture through the culture of right. ESP. Um, so we do it through corporate partnerships. We have three big events every year. Uh, one of them is at the Classic Center in Athens, and we typically have over 3,000 people attend that event. Um, and it's called the Big Hearts event. And it's a banquet and a pageant, a special needs pageant. We have the UGA football players involved and uh, Josh and Aaron Murray, who are our hosts. Um, and so that's a big event where we raise um, around $300,000 every year. We have a big jump event where we jump out of airplanes and send kids to camp. So again, unconvention unconventional fundraising. <laughs> um, and really, that came out of desperation. We didn't want to do another thing that everybody else was doing, another golf tournament or um, another gala. We wanted to kind of break the mold of what fundraising is and give people an experience that um, they could remember. Yeah, the jumping out of planes almost a metaphor of the, of what you went through. It's either, okay, I'm either going to figure this out or I'm in trouble. Totally. and really a metaphor for what our kids go through, right? So if they're um, in a wheelchair, the world is not built for people who have physical disabilities. And so they are every day facing different challenges where they have to really work up the confidence to overcome life's obstacles. And so um, Big Jump in May at Skydive Monroe is really an opportunity for 60 people to um, to raise $600 or more, and then they jump out of an airplane and face a fear just like our kids and families do every day. I'm going to guess it's probably, yeah, relatively speaking, not hard to get people to volunteer, especially once they've seen the program. I'm going to guess once you get companies involved, it's hard for them to walk away and not come back every year and want to continue. Um, our audience, of course, on Business Radio X is, is company leaders, business leaders, executives, people like that. How, how can companies get involved? Yeah, what's been really cool about our corporate partners is that, you know, I, I wish I had some like hard data to show this, but um, what's neat is not only are they getting involved in their company culture is increasing, but their profits are increasing as well. Um, one of the dealers, Bulldog Kia, that is one of our main Thrive corporate partners, um, they have seen, they did a give back $100 for every car that they sold in the month of May, and they've sold more cars than they ever have in the history of their dealership. And so we're seeing that time and time again, where business leaders are saying, Laura, there's just something there. There's something there with ESP that's not only helping our company culture and we're giving back, but we're also increasing profit as well. Um, and I think people want to see, customers want to see companies giving back. And they don't want to see companies just writing a check. They want to see companies' cultures being changed by giving back to their communities. And I think that that's happening through ESP. Well, that's almost the core of millennials and, and today's generation. It's not just money or you know it's it's more about they want to feel like they're part of something or they're making a difference that's right we all want to be um, a part of something that's bigger than ourselves and so if we are you know going to buy a car or if we are um, you know doing something small like buying a t-shirt where we put our money is important to us and I think we're going to see that more and more with customers as these millennials get older and they're buying homes and um, we have a give back real estate uh, uh, 
company in Athens and people want to give back with everything from a mortgage uh, to a pair of tennis shoes. And so <laughs> through ESP, these these that opportunity is available. Our corporate partners are proud that they're partners with ESP and Oconee State Bank is a great example of that. They are in ESP um, on a weekly basis. We have a thing called Snack Squad. And so this is one way people can get involved if they're local. They can come and they can, it's an hour commitment once a week. Um, and send different employees each week. They come, they set up a healthy snack for our after-school program. They serve that snack. They get to feel and see what their company is doing and how their company is giving back. Um, and it's just that one of those really remarkable moments that um, allows employees to connect not only with ESP, but with the company that they work for, that that company values that time. I see that uh, Neil Stevens and the folks at Oconee State Bank have trained you well. You use the word remarkable often. <laughs> yes, we actually read the book last year alongside Oconee State Bank. And um, and The Power of Moments is a book that we read this year. And I've been telling every business leader, I'm, I'm a big fan of leadership and leadership books. And The Power of Moments is hands down the best leadership book that I've ever read. And um, that was recommended by Neil Stevens and his team. I want to go back to you also for people that may say, okay, because I've, I've also worked a little bit in the nonprofit world as well. For those that say, well, I don't have much to give. Every little thing counts. Every bit counts. And in-kind gifts are tremendous as well. Anything that can cut cost to an organization is helpful. And so, um, you know, we have companies that donate paper towels and soap and things like that. That's that's awesome. To them, right. it's an easy gift because that's what they do. But to us, it it, it is, you know, $3 here and $3 there, which make a difference. Um, time is so important. So that snack squad that I mentioned, um, I would have to pay staff in order to do that, to think through the snack and to take the hour. And so that saves me money by Oconee State Bank just sending a few of their employees once a week to ESP. So yeah, everything big and small, um, we all have something to give, time, talent, or treasure. And um, all three of those things are equally as important. I want to address our audience again and, and go back to the business side and the, and the corporate side of things. You already gave the story of the uh, the car dealership and, and how uh, both sides really profited uh, from that relationship. Talk about what that partnership would look like, how it benefits the, the corporate partner, how it benefits um, ESP. Absolutely. So the way our corporate partnerships work is they commit to a year of giving. And so we, um, we show their business logos and their ads all year round, and more specifically at those three big, big events that I mentioned. Um, they get on our t-shirts, they get on our websites, they get on billboards, things like that, that get to show that relationship between ESP and that partner. Um, and then there's opportunities like jumping out of an airplane. So they can send a person from their company to jump out of an airplane with us. They can send somebody to Big Hearts. They can buy a table at Big Hearts. And what that does is you have 10 employees that come and it's a thank you from the organization or the business. And they come to that event and their lives are changed because of it. And they have an experience with these 100 individuals with disabilities and their life is changed and they come back to work a little bit happier, a little bit more grateful and, um, and they see their business a little bit differently. So yeah, those corporate partnerships, they're year round. Um, and again, we love an interactive relationship with our partners. Um, we also have uh, a program called Java Joy, mm -hmm. which is a social enterprise, which is another kind of hot topic in nonprofits right now. We're looking at businesses and saying, 
okay, we have value. How can we contribute value and cut down costs on for donors by bringing in income? And so our social enterprise is Java Joy. As we've kind of alluded to, we feel like people of, with disabilities, or we say all abilities, have skills and abilities that the rest of us don't have. And we've seen that individuals with disabilities have a transformative joy, the same joy that corporate partners keep telling us. I don't know what it is, Laura, about ESP, but my employees come back so happy whenever they go volunteer at ESP. Well, we kind of took that transformative joy and we packaged it up and we put it with coffee, which most people really, really also love. And we created Java Joy, which is a mobile coffee cart that goes um, all throughout the state of Georgia and serves coffee and transformative joy. And we have our adults with disabilities who are employed through Java Joy that come and uh, they serve coffee and they're called Joyristas and they have 100% <laughs> pride in their job. So we're not only helping reduce that um, unemployment rate for people with disabilities, but we're also we think that we're spreading that joy um, throughout the state of Georgia. And so that's another benefit of our corporate partners as well as they can have our Java Joy cart into their business. Again, I go back to it's it's a win-win. I mean, I mean, the kids are benefiting, the, the com companies are benefit, the community's benefiting, everybody is. That's right. And I think us as nonprofit leaders need to um, remember and, and businesses, for-profit businesses need to look for organizations that understand that it is a mutual relationship. Right. Like a lot of nonprofits say, think it's all about us. It's all about us. It's all about us. Give us your money. No, it's got to be a mutual relationship. It's got to work for both the business and the nonprofit. And that's when a good marriage works. That's when the magic happens is when it's not only helping the for profit business to give, but it's helping the nonprofit as well. Well, I think that's where your background or understanding of the business world really comes in. That, that uh, yes, it's it's wonderful to write a check and, and to see that smile, you can't even put a value on that. That, that enough right. is worth it. That's right. But if a, if a business can see exponential more benefit on top of that, uh, especially if it helps them grow their business, I mean, it, it doesn't get better than that. That's right. And it's all about value. I mean, there are a million nonprofits that you can give to, right? I mean, there's so many people that are that are um, coming to businesses every day asking for a silent auction item or a donation here, a donation here, or a table. And so as a business leader, we have to make choices about value every day. And so a business leader needs to look at it and not feel selfish when they're making a decision about value. Yeah. Um, we do that for some reason with universities, we're okay with it. But then when it comes to a nonprofit like ESP, we all of a sudden feel selfish about thinking about value for our for-profit businesses. And so I really challenge for-profit business leaders to think about what value it's bringing to their employees, what value it's bringing to their bottom line. And if it's not bringing value, then they need to think about where they're giving. I mentioned the words children several times. What are the ages? Is there, is there a, a cutoff? Do they uh, usually outgrow at, at some point the, the program? That's a great question. So when, when I first started at ESP, there was a cutoff, and it was the age 21. And that's actually when kids are able to graduate from high school who have a developmental disability. They graduate at age 21. And what we were seeing is if you can imagine being in a club or a church or an organization, and all of a sudden when you turn 21, you're aged out of your we friendships. You yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, right? right? And so um, I would hope that none of us are aging out of our friendships. And so at ESP, we said, you know what? That 21, it really doesn't make any sense. So there is no age limit. Um, we say children and young adults, and we feel like a lot of our adults have childlike hearts, and so it kind of fits with everybody. But yeah, our youngest 
participant is age four. That's when parents can start dropping off their kids. Uh, but we have families who are involved with us who have children with Down syndrome in utero. They start at, at ESP at that point doing our family support programs. And then it goes all the way up. I think our oldest participant is in his 40s. Hmm. You mentioned something, and we're talking with Laura Whitaker, the executive director with ESP, Extra Special People, uh, based in Watkinsville. That's right. you got your facility there. Um, you mentioned something at the top of this interview that kind of caught my attention, that people will move from all parts of the country. Uh, to come here to be a, to, to be a part of this, you know, they, they're obviously everything is secondary behind their child or their family member that that is going to be part of this uh, group. Uh, talk more about about that and and the the, uh, the sacrifices that families make to, to be a part of this. Absolutely, you know. Well, I'm a I'm a parent of three, and um, we all can understand sacrifices that we make for our children. Those of us that are parents and. Um, you know, the families that we serve are no exception. In fact, I have been blown away. I mean, they are my heroes, uh, the parents of the kids that we serve. And many of them, um, you know, I had a parent one time tell me that her daughter's life is made up of appointments. It's, it's all about maintenance. It's a doctor's appointment here. It's a therapy appointment there. It's an IEP meeting here. And it's all about maintaining their child's life. What's different at ESP is their child gets to have the opportunity of having a friendship with somebody, having relationships, having joy of getting to be involved with things. Um, and so she would move wherever she could to see that type of joy in her daughter's life. And um, it's not about maintenance. It's about enjoying life and enjoying what life is all about. And so, um, so yeah, I think once parents catch that, and see it, you know, they may come to camp for the very first time and they're like, wait a second, something's different. This isn't about maintenance. This isn't about childcare. This is about living life to the fullest. And my child has the opportunity to do that through ESP. And so they're like, you know what, that's worth more than anything to mm -hmm. me. And they'll quit their jobs and they'll move to our area, which is pretty remarkable. You have the, the camp, the Java joy. I know there's the miracle league and, and yeah. a lot of other things that are listed on the website. Uh, What's next? What would you like to see ESPN do that maybe you're not currently doing? Yeah, so there's there's two big things that we have on the horizon. And if you can imagine a baseball diamond, um, first base for us is our own Miracle League. Um, Miracle League was started here in Georgia in Conyers, and now there's 300 Miracle Leagues throughout the U.S., um, ESP does not have our own Miracle League. In fact, the closest Miracle League is about 65 miles away. So Miracle League uh, is a fully accessible baseball field with a rubberized turf so that kids uh, in wheelchairs and kids who may fall or trip have the opportunity to play in a safe environment for them. Um, and so we're working on that. It's going to take us about a million, a million bucks to raise. Um, we've raised about 350000 so far. Um, so we're well on our way. But we're, that's first base for us is getting our own Miracle League um, in our community in Athens. Um, so that's first base. Our home run is uh, we have 70 acres of property in Jackson County. So a little bit further out of Athens, um, right down I-85. And uh, we inherited that property a few years ago, started building some plans, actually 
Georgia Tech and Georgia formed a partnership to work on projects that better the state of Georgia, and we contacted them. Let's not let that get out public, okay? We, yeah. that these two schools are getting together like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it actually was really amazing. Um, they had formed you, You're this creating miracles yourself. Miracles, that's right, that's right. And they had formed this memorandum of understanding a month before we contacted them, and they're like, oh my goodness, the ink is still wet. Yes, we want to help you. So they worked on a, on, um, on a concept design for our camp. And the idea behind the camp is that every kid of every ability will have the access to every activity at camp. And so we're going to build a fully accessible, universal, absolute design so that kids um, of all abilities have the access to every camp experience. And so what that looks like is my favorite thing about going to camp, and I'm a camp girl, when I was little, was I made my parents get there extra early so I could claim my top bunk. And I just thought sleeping on the top bunk was the coolest thing in the world. If you're in a wheelchair, you've never had that opportunity to sleep on the top bunk. And so it's our goal. And these students at UGA and Georgia Tech have designed a cabin so that every kid, even if they're in a wheelchair, has the opportunity to sleep on the top bunk. Um, So in partnership with Miracle Leap, we are going to open up a camp. If it takes us three years, if it takes us 10 years, where every kid um, can come play baseball, they can come play sports, the Miracle Leagues can play each other at this camp. It's called Mm -hmm. Camp Hooray. And um, they'll get to sleep on the top bunk and access every part of camp. So that's kind of long term on the horizon and short term is our own Miracle League. Great stuff. Uh, two questions as we get close to wrapping up the interview. Told you this is going to be a quick 30 minutes. It goes That's by right. like that. That's I tell right. it to all my guests now. Who's getting more out of this? You or the kids and the young adults you're serving? Oh, man. Um, f- from my perspective, me. Um, our family has been transformed by this organization. And I have the opportunity to use the gifts and abilities that I've been given to give back. And um I will forever be indebted to this organization and what it brings to me and to my family. If Martha Wiley, the founder, were to look down right now, what would she be saying? Um, ooh, I think she would be saying, um, I have no idea what she'd be. I've never been asked that question. That's a good one. I think she'd just be saying, I I think she'd be smiling um, with her big red lipstick and her Mickey Mouse t-shirt. I think she'd be smiling and, um, and so proud of uh, the leader that she instilled in me and in others. And um, so proud of the foundation that she, that she laid. Yep. Most important question I'm going to ask you of the whole day for those that would like to be a part of this, learn more, volunteer, uh, donate, Sponsor Book Java Joy. Book Java Joy. Yeah. Where can they do all that? So they can find all that information um, on our website, extraspecialpeople.com, all spelled out. That's extraspecialpeople.com. Uh, you can donate. You can contribute to Miracle League. You can find out if you have a neighbor or a friend with a disability. Um, you can find out more about our services. Uh, you can come volunteer, be a part of Snack Squad, or you can book Java Joy all through extraspecialpeople.com. Laura Whitaker, Executive Director, ESP, Extra Special People. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you And so sharing much. your, as we like to say, remarkable story here on Beyond the Cupola. Thank you for having me.
All right, want to remind our listeners that you can uh, check out this show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and then select Beyond the Cupola. Not only will you find this show, you'll find all our previous shows as well there in the archives. I want to thank my guests again, Laura Whitaker, the Executive Director with ESP, Extra Special People. Uh, Also, my producer, Trey, and thank you for tuning in as well. Until next time, this is Beyond the Cupola, brought to you by Oconee State Bank. I'm Mike, and you've been listening to Business Radio X. Thank you.